You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day for Monday, March 28th. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Monday, March 28th. I am your host, as always, with sometimes occasionally, but certainly Javier Reyes. You might be familiar at Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, which is going to be relevant today. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and at LO underscore Padres on Twitter. Please uh, check them out. Check, that, check out that nice old Twitter account if you want Padres content. But another account you should be checking out, ladies and gentlemen, is my guest's account. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Colby Olson, Colby underscore Olson three on Twitter. He's been on the show before. And boy, do we have a good episode for you talking about May Machado and the Padres future and what have you. All things Machado, all things Padres, because it's Lockdown Padres after all. But first, Colby, I got to start it off. Just how are you doing? This is, I believe, your fourth time on the podcast. Doing well, man. I, I the more I think about it, I'm a Red Sox fan, obviously, but <laughs> I think I tweet, I think I tweet more about both the Marlins and the Padres than I do even tweet about the Red Sox for some reason. Maybe it's yeah, you I mean, and Aram they're... that are just rubbing off on me and, and that could be it, but I swear I tweet more about the Padres and Marlins. It might be because we're, we both tweet oftentimes in depressed ways about it. I think there's something about talking about the depression that uh, kicks through. But uh, thankfully, not all of today's episode will be about depression and whatnot. And actually, we're going to be getting some betting futures with the Padres, which might be when it gets a little bit more dour. But one of the things we're going to be talking about is Manny Machado. Because you texted me a few weeks back and you were like, dude, like, what's going on? Are we just about Manny Machado? And I said, uh, yeah, you're coming on the podcast because we need some more love for the Padres star third baseman, who I actually think it's, I think the correct way to characterize it is he might be the most underrated star player. I think everybody knows who he is. They know he's good, but I think people have kind of forgotten about him. What was kind of the initial thoughts that led to this thesis of yours in the first place? Yeah, so for whatever reason, I was I was down a baseball reference stat head hole, as I do late <laughs> at night. And I was looking at uh, players' war totals through their age 28 season. Manny Machado, through his age 28 season, when you go back to the integration era, so 1947, he's nine, or 21st on that list in war, with 45 total war through his age 28 season. When you look Jeez. at the other players that, that are around that as well, you have Mookie Betts at 50 war. Cal Ripken is at 50 war. Carl Yastrzemski, 47 war through his 28, 28 season. Miguel Cabrera, Ernie Banks, and Bryce Harper are all below Manny Machado and war through their age 28 season. So that kind of puts him in a line. I, I said he's a lock for the Hall of Fame, which is not true. He's not a lock for the Hall of Fame because obviously you have to continue that success at least you know, mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, but when you look at the Hall of Fame, I mean, if you get to 60, 65 war, you're, you're looking at the Hall of Fame. The other thing that's huge for his Hall of Fame chances is that he he has a real chance to hit 500 career home runs. He's at 251 mm-hmm. career home runs right now, which on that list through 20, age 28 season is 19. And a lot of the guys even below 
where he's at right now through his age 28 season hit 500 in their career. If he can continue the success he's having and, and his skills will translate and they will age well because he hits the ball hard, hits the ball in the air a lot. And he, he's an athletic player currently, but even when that speed dies down, he can still be such a productive power player that I think if he can get to 500 career home runs and, and be productive somewhat through age 35 season, he's all of it. Yeah, and I think that another thing people look for, too, on top of all the things that you just said, is to have a stretch where you were one of the best in the game. And he definitely had a stretch like that. And he probably is still having that stretch. I think what's interesting about Machado is also is just the, I mean, if you look at the slash line, some people are like, yeah, that's good. But it's not, like, incredible. 278, 347, 49 last night. Or last year with 28 bombs. That's like, but it's not like, oh, wow, like this is a Hall of Fame guy worth the 300 million. But I think people forget. It's like, I actually forgot myself. He's still just 29 years old. It's, I mean, this is a sport where, now don't get me wrong, I always get very uh, anxious and very scared when everyone hits the 30 year old season. You know this about me. I worry about everybody just as a default because I don't know. And oftentimes in baseball, people sometimes fall off. But with Machado, I mean, we just saw this past year that Joey Votto came back and had an unbelievable hard-hitting season. Was his best season ever? No. But in terms of creeping up to that home run total, it could still happen. And he's still got the reliable glove. Um, you know, he's not Andrelton Simmons. He's not uh, your boy, Brian Hayes. You know what I mean? Or Hassan Kim even sometimes, who we'll be talking about a little bit later on in the show. But I just think that I just see him being steady. There is something about him that I'm like, even when he starts to go downwards, I think he's going to hit for a lot of power and just be solid. There doesn't seem like it. Hey, I was reading some stuff the other day that said that he actually got a little bit unlucky with some of his home run totals uh, last year because of how hard he was hitting the ball. So I agree with you. But why do you think people are kind of underrating him? Do you think that there's any reason behind this? I think there, there, there's a couple things. One, he moved out of the, the AL East. So you're going mm-hmm. to the West, West Coast, and, and let's be fair. People are not staying up till 1 a.m. to watch Manny Machado during the week. Like, it's just, it's just <laughs> a reality. They might catch a clip on SportsCenter the next day, but if he was still with the Orioles in the ALEs, playing the Yankees, playing the Red Sox, people might have more of a recognition for Manny Machado's stardom. The other reason is Fernando Tatis Jr., who by all accounts is the face of baseball in, in the year 2022. And it really sucks that Tatis will not be playing at least half this season. But that also can be a chance for Manny Machado to kind of reclaim that stardom and, and kind of reclaim being the captain of the Padres. Um, as you mentioned, Javi, right? Last year, he had a 52% hard hit rate. That's in top 10 of all of baseball and his yeah. WOBA of 350 was well below his expected WOBA of 380. So I don't think when we look at last season for, for Manny Machado, that's not, I think he's entering a, a period where he is only going to get better. He's, he's basically entering his prime right now, age 28, 29, 30, 31 is, is a prime age for a lot of guys. And even when he does hit 32, 33, 34, I think he's still going to have productive years. And we could be looking at this contract as a huge win for the Padres. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that a key part of this is I'm, I'm trying to come up with a good syndrome for it, but almost like the, the Yohan Mankata syndrome, where just because a player isn't performing at the superstar level of seven war every year, if they're going to be a three and a half, four war player for like five years, like that's really, really incredible. And I think that that's really hard to get from baseball. And not to mention, you brought up the WOTA, the weighted on base, uh, WOBA, sorry, not WOTA. There should be a WOTA stat. What would that even stand for? Weighted on total 
assists. No, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the other thing about him that I wrote about for Just Baseball, which, by the way, I should mention everybody, uh, Colby does great work at the site Just Baseball, which I also contribute to. I wrote an article a while back basically being like, also, if you look at like walk to strikeout ratio, which doesn't necessarily tell you everything, it's very rare that you have a power hitter Machado who has one of the best walk to strikeout ratios in baseball that might also lend credence to him aging well uh, as the seasons come ahead. And yeah, I, I really do think that you you hit the nail right on the head. The the Tatis thing doesn't help. The fact that he plays in the NOS doesn't help. And I do think that the villainy side that once existed for Manny Machado, I think has it helped. So people almost want to forget, uh, even though it's been like three, four, five even years since More. anything really tangibly bad has happened with him. Everyone brings up the Donalds thing. And it's like, all right, dude, that was like in 2014 well, when the he only was bad what, thing 24 was years old. The bat, right. Yeah. I mean, the only really bad thing was when he threw the bat and like, he was still a very, very young kid. I think he was only 22 or 23 years old. He's very much not that player anymore. Um, but yeah, yeah, Javi, like I would only put two third basemen above him. I'd put Jose Ramirez above him and I would put Rafael Devers above him. But I think you could even have the conversation that Manny Machado could be better than Rafael Devers. If, if, mm-hmm. if I'm the Red Sox, I'm a Red Sox fan, right? And they offered Manny Machado for Rafael Devers. Obviously that that's a no-go because of Rafael Devers age, but for the next season, stuff, yeah. mm-hmm. Manny Machado is a better defender and the bat is close. It's very, very close to Rafael Devers, at least. So he's he's clearly the third best third baseman in baseball right now, and I think that puts him in the, in the star category. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but before we get into kind of – because I, I always love appreciate any type of minor slandering of Red Sox players, even if this is a very minor one. Before we get more into that and about Padres' future stuff, let me talk to you about what we're going to be using to talk about the Padres' future stuff, guys. That is bet on – line but first of course we're going to talk about baseball but it's that time of year again college basketball tournament is a finally upon us colby how are you doing in march madness right now doing doing pretty well i have three out of nice. four of my final four teams remaining and Me too. Uh, we're, we're still going strong yeah, I might win my bracket pool. That would be great. I just need like Providence, Kansas, and Duke to lose, and that would be lovely. The Texas Tech game is huge for me, too. Uh, but anyway, guys, from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net has you covered. And like I said, it's not just college basketball. It's not even just baseball. You've got football. You've got, I imagine, football bets are going through the roof. Tyreek Hill just got traded to the Dolphins. You know, there's going to be some crazy uh, movement here, or at least that's a few days ago by the time everybody's uh, – listening and watching this, but still uh, go there to find all the stuff you need website or mobile device. They have you covered really easy to use platform bet online where the game starts. So Kobe, let's do it, man. Let's do it. Let's talk about Padres future stuff. And the last thing I wanted to say on Raphael Devers, I think another point people would bring up, it's just, just this is kind of his coming party season. Um, for Raphael Devers, a big, oh my God, here he is season. So if you're one of those people like me where I'm like, let me see it for another 60 games. I just want to be sure. Because that's that's my take on baseball. I'm like, just give me a little bit. Mike Trout, is he still the best player of baseball? Yes, but give me give me, give me, me like a few weeks. I just want to be, you know what I mean? Because I remember um, uh, Troy Tulowitzki back in the day uh, when he was the best shortstop. He started off the next season and all of a sudden we are like, uh-oh. It was like two and a half weeks, three weeks into the season. Strikeout rate was up. The fly balls were, you know, everything was a little bit off. So I like just seeing and being reminded what's going to happen. But either way, I do agree that the Devers Machado thing, I think that's kind of a good range. The Astros guys will yell at you and say that Bregman's better. I mean, Bregman's good. I think Bregman's quite good. I think that he's 
he's being just overshadowed by you know certain scandals that have occurred with the Astros. Yeah, I was gonna say the past few years, but if we're calling, he's still, if, he's still if, really if, you're, if you're saying the players have to prove it, I think Bregman has to prove that he can hit breaking mm-hmm. balls without a trash can in the background. <laughs> yep, exactly. I talked about with the lockdown Astros guys that should be on the channel if you guys want to go back and listen and watch that. But let's talk about Padres futures, my friend. And first, let's talk about Manny Machado because you were telling me about what his odds are looking like over at Bet Online. So tell the good people about Manny Machado's candidacy potentially for National League MVP. Yeah, Manny Machado right now is plus 1800 to win the most valuable player award in the National League. And I. I don't see why he can't do it with Fernando Tatis out. If he can lead the Padres in the first half to, you know, a first or second place finish at, at the end of the first mm-hmm. half and continue an amazing season where he, he would realistically have to hit, you know, 40 plus home runs, an average near 300 and, and a ton of runs and RBIs. And he's, he has the defensive metrics to do it. Um, he's going to have a really high war because of the defense. And if the offensive stats translate, I mean, if he's putting up a season where he has a seven, eight war, we could be talking about him as an MVP. And at plus 1800, um, I don't think it's, it's the worst bet in the world. I also don't think that the national league MVP is tied up at all right now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think a big thing is Acuna, if I'm not mistaken, is hurt still. So it's not like he's going to be in the contender race for a while. Then Juan Soto, who's probably what, what happened? Is no, he still hurt uh, or? No, no, Acuna, Acuna's healthy. He's going to be. He's, oh. He'll start the oh, year. Oh, he's healthy, really? Yeah, yeah. He, I thought he like yes, tore his yeah. ACL in like in like in like September or something. I, maybe I'm just no. It was that, at the All Star uh, break. Was that the All Star? Wow, it feels like it was like a month left of the season. But anyway, okay, picture. So that's one that I would worry about. Soto. My thing is, all right. Let's see. I wonder how much the the lack of team success will hurt his candidacy. But I look at the rest of the league, and I'm just you know. He has a narrative thing going for him. Without Tatis, can he wield this team to victory? We talked about how he might have gotten unlucky with some of those counting stats with RBIs and home runs especially. So I could see it, and I don't think that people are going to be super inclined to give someone on the Dodgers necessarily that, just because I think a lot of people might look at this and be, we're going to give an MVP to a, a, a player that if you took them off, they're still probably winning the division. There's at least a possibility that that happens. And I agree. I think that that's interesting, especially for plus 1,800. I mean, that's like a flyer bet, you know what I mean? And everybody should uh, go check out Not Gambling Advice. Great podcast, part of the Just Baseball Media Network. Those guys have killed it in bets in the past. They kill bets in our group chat that we have going. I mean, we are kind of famous for the 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 Vlad Jr. MVP call, which back last year was kind of like out there. You know what I'm saying? So keep an eye on those players that are in that plus 1,800 range for sure. And like you mentioned, with the defense, uh, with the fact that they don't have Tatis, I could see it too. And it was only two years ago, granted, in a shorter season, that we saw Machado uh, vault himself into MVP candidacy with that 300 average with the Slam Diego, formerly known as the Slam Diego Padres. Um, but yeah, speaking of formerly known as the Slam Diego Padres, let's get into a little bit of the, the pessimism, folks, because the Slam Diego Padres really aren't that. Last year, I've talked about this a lot. I say this stat way too much, but like 21st in home runs, 23rd in slugging percentage, they did not hit for power. Uh, really at all. Um, thanks to the first baseman who must not be named, did not hit for enough power despite being in the lineup every day. Trading for Adam Frazier, he was never a power guy and he'd even hit for average. Trent Grisham didn't quite take the step forward that people might have expected. And Tatis was in and out of the lineup. So there was a lot of questions there. But Colby, how are you feeling about, it, especially with the odds 
uh, to win the division, according to Bet Online, about the Padres heading into this 2022 season. So Peter and I on our most recent, our two episodes ago on Not Gambling Advice, went through the entire National League and and gave our w- winners to to win each division and value picks. And I do not like the Padres' odds currently. I think they were plus. 330 to win the division. Mm. Um, you can correct me on that if I'm wrong, but to me that the Dodgers are going to run, run away with it. Um, they're just too mm. strong. The giants are definitely going to regress as well. Um, but the, the bet I want to key in here on is the Padres win total. So the Padres are okay. at mm. 88 and a half wins. Um, and I actually mm. like the under. So the Padres, hobby, I could see it. Can you remember the last time that they won more than 80 games in a season? Well, if we parse out the 60-game season, uh, they won 98 games. So I don't know what you're talking about. Does not count. Does not count. Nope. nope. (laughs) It was 2010. It was 2010 was the last time that the Padres have won more than 80 games. And and obviously this team is is strong, to say the least. I mean, like, they're not terrible by any means. But Tatis, in a full season, is worth eight wins. And with him out at least half the season, the, the thing I worry about here with Tatis is that what if he doesn't come back after three months? What if, you know, by the all-star mm-hmm. break, his wrist is not healing as, as well as we had hoped. And mm-hmm. that lingers throughout the, the full end of the season and he doesn't come back. Right. That's that would put Haseon Kim in a place where he has to be the everyday shortstop, which defensively he's insane. Haseon Kim might lead the league in defensive run saves next year. And, and that's not an outlandish thing to say. I mean, Carlos Correa had 20 defensive runs saved last year to lead all non-catchers. Haseon Kim had nine defensive run saves in a fifth of the playing time that Correa did at shortstop. Mm-hmm. And Andrelton Simmons has the most defensive runs saved in a season since 2000 with 41 defensive runs saved. <laughs> if Haseon Kim plays the entire season... I mean, it's not outlandish to think that he could at least get close to 40 defensive runs saved mm-hmm. at shortstop, which is something to say for his value, but he didn't hit last year. He was 70 WRC plus and just like, I think he yeah. hit 200. He was barely passable. Um, the other thing I worry about with the Padres is their bullpen, right? They lost Mark Melanson and they did have the sixth best bullpen ERA last year, but Drew Pomerantz was a big part of that as well. And he's currently dealing with flexor strain issues and just things that, again, linger. Right. These are not these are not, you know, quick rehab, like get back out there mm-hmm. injuries. Um, also, Nick Martinez could potentially be their five starter right now or six starter. He what, in whatever capacity, <laughs> in whatever capacity, the, the Padres always deal with arm injuries throughout the year. Right. So in some capacity, yeah. Nick Martinez is going mm-hmm. to have to take a, on a decently sized role in that rotation. And I get it. he had a 1.62 ERA in Japan in 2021, but he didn't even punch out a batter an inning over in Japan. And when he was in the big leagues in 2017, he had a five ERA. So I'm not saying Nick Martinez will be back. I don't know what we're going to have in Nick Martinez, and I'm not going to pretend to to try to project what, what he'll do this year. But all I'm saying is, is that the guy that you are going to need to rely on for 20-plus starts? I don't think so. And, and that's the only reason that I am – skeptical of them winning more than 88 games. I don't know what your thoughts there. Yeah, let me let me counter. Let me do a little pushback instead of just agreeing with my guest as all these other cowardly hosts do all the time. They just agree and say, yeah, yeah, no, no. No, you're totally wrong, Colby. All right, so here's what's going to happen. But let's let's actually talk about Hassan Kim really quickly before we get into that because Hassan Kim 
the hype meter for him amongst Padres fans really was a little bit all over the place. They like him. He's always smiling. He's so much when he's playing shortstop. He beans that ball. Like, it's incredible. Even if you go look up the Joe Musgrove no-hitter, just that last throw to first, it was like, you get nervous on the last out all the time. When I saw it hit to Kim, I mean, he just beamed it. It was perfect. Uh, the first baseman didn't even have to move at all. Just grabbed it, end the game, Joe Musgrove, first no-hitter in Padres history. If he can just be a 100 WRC-plus guy, if he can be a guy that hits 240 with a 320 on base, gets you 15 bombs, steals some bags, that's like low-key, like a top 15 shortstop that you might have on your hands because of how good the defense is. So that's already one point. But before we get into the rest of my points, because I didn't realize we've already been going for a decent amount of time, let me talk to you about something that is objectively great, and you don't have to worry about the WC+. You don't have to worry about the bounce back. You don't have to worry about it getting injured and riding motorcycles and whatnot, because it's a food item, and food can't ride motorcycles. <laughs> um, let me talk to you guys for a second about the best-tasting protein bars in all the lands. Those are built bars. I talk about them all the time. I've been talking about them for 430 plus episodes. They're delicious. Covered 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And of course, they're protein bars. They are healthy for you. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs, and you're rolling. You're absolutely killing it. It's fantastic. And above all else, great variety of flavors, white chocolate cookies and cream. Coconut almonds, coconut, mint brownie, apple almond crisp, cherry barcia, uh, gingerbread flavor. If you're if you're in the mood for that, they've got an eggnog flavor. They've got coconut branch. They have all sorts of flavors, guys. So if you're not in already, I don't know what it be, but check this out. I also have a deal for you. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com, guys. Go check that out. I just want to remind everybody, also, thank Lockdown Padres, your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Go look it up. I don't care what it is. Go look it up. We're free on all platforms. Um, but now let's transition out of that weird ad read comparing built bars to riding motorcycles into talking more about the Padres team and Hassan Kim, who I I kind of believe in it. Um, just in an episode with Lockdown LB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby about CJ Abrams talking about how, no. I do not necessarily see uh, he him being the guy for this year. You got to put Hassan Kim out there. So if he does well, that's one thing. I'm wondering if this team can just be an average offense led by a Machado, led by a Cronenworth, and just give you you know your four or five runs a game, really solid rotation, get a bounce back from Darvish, get a bounce back from Blake Snell. Mike Clevenger's back in town. And guess what? Chris Paddock, hey, if there's a guy I'm taking a flyer on, you could do worse than having him as a possibility in your rotation. Maybe they move into the bullpen. We'll have to see. And you did bring up a good point about the bullpen. But may I interest you in a couple signings that the Padres made with Luis Garcia and Robert Suarez. I'm interested in both those guys. Suarez throws really hard. Also coming from Japan, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about Or it was the KBO. I forgot between which one he came from. But he's throwing a lot harder, and people are high on him. And what I like is the Padres decided... Just like they did for instead of paying one big closer the money, we're going to spread that out and divvy that up amongst the rest of our rotation, which I like because guess what? Trevor Rosenthal, while great for the Padres, he ended up getting hurt and Mark Melanson was awesome. So I actually think that their bullpen has some good potential, assuming Austin Adams doesn't hit every single batter that he faces 
um, <laughs> which should be, that'd be rough. Um, Emilio Pagan is a little bit of a weak point, but nonetheless, I think they could be solid. And there's also guys like um, my boy, Mackenzie Gore, uh, who's a big, big X factor for this team. We're going to have to see how spring training pans out, but basically the upside here, and I think they could be solid. Now, here's the part where I agree with you. For me, the biggest problem with the Padres is they are cursed by geography. They are cursed by their division and the fact that I think the Giants, I know they won a, like 107 and everyone's saying, oh, well, they lost Gosman. They lost Posey, right? They, they're losing Silvano, right? I just think, all right, but are we? do we think they're going to fall by like 30 games after a year? What if the, the fall for the Giants from 107 is just 91 games? Right, that's still a good baseball team that you're going to have to contend with uh, in your division. And like you said about the Dodgers, unfortunately, because they have a lot of sleeper agents around the league that are indebted to helping them, their lives easier. We have to worry about the Dodgers. But um, I'm wondering, what is kind of another X factor that you think with the Padres that you know you're a little bit bullish on, or not bullish on them uh, for next season, depending on their over under total? But what do you think is another player that your key that you think could be the one? Because we know who's going to be good, right? Who's someone that you think needs to perform above expectations for the pods? I think the Luke Voigt acquisition kind of went under the radar last week. There was just this mm. mass frenzy of, of free agent signings and trades. Yeah. Matt Olson got traded. And like, I think the, the Luke Voigt trade to the Padres kind of got swept under the rug a little bit. And I do want to give it, give it a little bit of time of day because I think it is a great move for the Padres. Luke Voigt for all intents and purposes is is an above average hitter and maybe even pretty above average, right? In 2020, he had 22 home runs, led baseball in 2020 in the shortened season. And Luke Boyd has about as much power as anybody. I mean, over the last three, four years, he's held X Wobas around 360. So if his Woba is around 350 or 360, I mean, that's, that's basically what Manny Machado put up last year. So yeah. At the plate, Luke Voigt can be an X factor for this team that that desperately does need power in the wake of, of Fernando Tatis's injury. And I, I think that he can be somewhat of an X factor for them, and especially with the DH coming to the National League. But I still do worry about how complete this lineup is. And and again, Trent Grisham is an X factor too, because he didn't perform to standards last no. year either. I mean, he was a an average MLB center fielder or He's going to have to play center field this year. Um, but if he can take the step to the next level, this team, you know, all of a sudden can win. games. Yeah. And granted, let's be clear. If something happens over the, the weekend, some transaction and the Padres, for some reason, get Brian Reynolds on this team, maybe that changes things. Uh, I've talked about that on the show for sure. But I'm just, I'm just, I just, I don't understand how this is even a, a conversation that happens. The Pirates should be ashamed. <laughs> that, that's all I'm saying. How are you rebuilding and a guy you have four years of control is like you're even listening to calls. I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, with that all being said, yes, I think a big thing with this team, they do have some some black sheep, black holes. You have the guy at first base and then you have Myers. Um, Myers, he can get hot at times, which is nice. It's cute. It's great. I love it when he – I loved his 2020. It was like – the most eye-opening, incredible season I've ever seen. It was so much fun. I mean, he was clutch. He was hitting the ball hard. He was bearing the ball. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I cannot believe that it took him this long. But I'm not necessarily expecting a lot from him. And then the catcher situation, that's another X factor. I don't really mind it, personally, because my thing is Caratini, Alfaro, and 
you know, Luis Campizano, the top catching prospect. I, I just think that you just have to hope. You don't have to go out here and be like, all right, we need to give up a lot to try this because what if Campizano well, is Nola. really good? Don't forget about Nola. Yeah. I forgot. And Austin Nola too. So, you know, yes, Austin Nola has trouble. That's why I almost forgot is he has trouble staying healthy. But that's a catching situation that doesn't have a surefire guy, but it's catcher, man. It's okay. We're going to be all right. As long as you don't have too much of a liability at the position, I'm cool. But I just see a lot of depth on the team that could be well. What if Ryan Weathers bounces back? That's possible, right? I know he had a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde season, but nonetheless, he could still bounce back, maybe get Adrian Morihone later on in the season, be a little bit of a reinforcement. I know that a lot of the signings are weird. I know Mick Martinez, like you said, had barely any strikeout stuff despite improving a little bit um, over the last couple years. Not really as proven here, despite what angry comments on YouTube people may send me. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I just... 88 is pretty it just feels like they're they're banking on people being excited about this team i have to admit and if this is like an 85 win team let's keep in mind that's not bad like that's not outright bad but is it good enough to win in this division i'm not totally sure uh given the current state of the team and the fact that there's just bad vibes especially with the tatis incident yeah and so outside of the win totals i think the worst move that the padres can make this year as an organization is rushing cj abrams to the big leagues because mm -hmm. this is a guy that that is just still 20 21 years old and did not play a lot last year he was hurt last year i think he only yeah. had 150 plate appearances in 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 double a last year this is a guy that you want to get seasoned in the minor leagues because he is a top 10 mlb prospect you do not want to rush him to the big leagues just because Tatis got hurt and jeopardize his development and confidence because I saw what the Red Sox did with Jeter Downs last year. He didn't play 2020. Mm. What did they do? They rushed him to AAA. He struggled, and his confidence wavered. And you just cannot do that with a guy like C.J. Abrams. Get him his at-bats in AA and AAA. Then in 2023, you can move C.J. Abrams how you please. But do not, do not rush him because of Tatis. Yeah, and not to mention, you you mentioned Jeter Downs. The Padres have experience with this. They brought up Luis Campizano, and he below, hit below 100. I mean, that's really tough for a guy who hasn't necessarily seen a lot of action in the upper echelons of minor league play. Nevertheless, you're playing the Dodgers. You're telling me we have to pinch hit this guy against Kenley Jansen? That's how he's being welcomed into the league? That's really tough. Thankfully, he's bounced back in the minors and whatnot, but I do think that that's a great point. I have been basically on the fence of, nope, don't trade the farm. I want to have flexibility. It's not what it used to be. Um, but also don't rush the farm. You know what I mean? I'm not necessarily saying that you have to bring up uh, these guys because just like you said, um, um, Fernando Tatis Jr. is injured. But I just view it as a team that I also think, I don't think that, I know that they're acting like they're in win now. Are we sure they have to be, though? That's been one of my things. I'm not, like, 1 million percent convinced that this team has to be, like, you know, the 2000s Diamondbacks or, you know, the, the Rams in the, in the NFL where it's like, yeah, you're in trouble if you don't win because you have no assets. Like, are we sure? Chato's still 29. You have Tatis forever. You got C.J. Abrams. The rest of the farm, who knows where Robert Hassel's going to be ranked? That's some outfield reinforcements in years to come. For all we know, he could be a top 20 prospect in baseball. So I think that they do want to win now, but I don't think they're in DEFCON 4, if that makes sense, Cole. Yeah. I mean, Hassel will be on the Just Baseball updated top 100. I know for a fact he'll be top 40, and he might even be higher than that. Um, I know Arm and I are, are very high on the, the skills that, that Hassel possesses. Um, but I agree with you, Javier. There, there's, there should be no rush here for the Padres – 
to sell the farm and like be like, yeah, we have to yeah. win it in 2022. Like, I, I agree. I don't think so. I think they can wait till next year, bring Abrams up, get off of Will Myers, get off of Hosmer, figure that out first, make Voigt mm-hmm. your, your full-time first baseman and like just kind of yep. clear out this, this dead weight of sorts. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And hey, even if you're unable to get rid of the, the ground ball gremlin and Will, um, Will Myers this season, keep in mind, Will Myers team option, they ain't taking that. So that's 20 million and ground ball man, $7 million less. So that's $27 million already that you know you're going to have heading into next season. Does it save the world? No, but like that's just, it's not over, guys. And let's keep in mind, a lot of people have said a lot of teams over the years of baseball, this is how sports work. It's over. You know what I mean? You have to play the games. Guess what? You know how many people we know, literally you and I know, that said the Braves were done? And, and by the way, there was good reason to. Acuna has the injury. You already lost Marcelo Zuna for a bunch of really bad off-field related reasons. Uh, Max Fried was struggling. Mike Soroka wasn't coming back. Everyone was like, "What the? oh, why are they trading for Adam Duvall and Eddie Rosario and Jorge Soler? Well, they end up winning the World Series. So my thing is, especially with an extra playoff spot, just because the Padres' odds to be great are down doesn't necessarily mean that you should be outwardly furious and act like the world is ending. They still have a lot of assets. And while he's made some mistakes, I still trust AJ probably to a degree. Agreed. Javi, do you want to talk about the Cy Young odds for a minute? Because I think that the Yeah, Padres... man, we've been talking for a while, but let's do it real quick. Let's do it. Let's I, run through real, it. Real quick. Because um, I think the Padres have a few, you know, enticing options here for Cy Young. So they have about this, yeah. mm-hmm. Blake Snell, who currently is the 12 highest odds to win the NL Cy Young. And I ranked Blake Snell 17th in my top 20 pitchers going into 2022. Mm-hmm. I think Blake Snell could have a resurgent year. This is a guy that already has won a Cy Young award. He knows what it takes to win a Cy Young. And with Haseon Kim at shortstop, I mean, he's going to have a sick, sick defense behind him. Yeah. Um, not in the outfield. I mean, Will Myers in the outfield is, is a sort of <laughs> fright. But in the infield, it should be pretty solid. Um, Joe Musgrove right behind Snell at plus 2,500. And you Darvish is down there at plus 3,300. I mean, there's guys like Aaron Nola, Carlos Rodon, ahead of guys like Snell. And, and I think Snell is even better than Rhoda. Um Now it's going to be tough because what it takes to win a Cy Young is an ERA in the mid twos, at least um, a ton of innings. He's going to have to pitch, you know, 180 ish yep. innings, but I don't think it's out of the question. And, and Joe Musgrove even was outstanding last year. And I think he got even a little bit unlucky for how well he pitched. So I could, I could see, I'm not going to say one of these guys is going to win the song because, you know, you have Corbin Burns and Jacob DeGrom and Walker Buehler and Max Scherzer in this, you know, in this stacked NL pitching, but it's intriguing nonetheless. I think it does. It's like the one thing that for me really does bode well is the Padres do have a ton of starting pitching depth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that's one of their biggest strengths and, like you said, with the innings thing, that would be why I think Blake Snell, that it's a little bit unlikely that he goes out and delivers another Cy Young. He already has one, which is great uh, for him that he does it again. But yeah, a Musgrove thing, I mean, it's not impossible. I mean, everything about him, that curveball is, yeah, I mean, like most curveballs, can get launched into Jupiter. But it's still a crazy wipeout pitch. And everything that I watched about him, his attitude on the mound, the fact that he is a San Diego native, the fact that he threw the no hitter and just every vibe from people I've talked to reporters and whatnot that like met him and stuff. It's just, 
really good vibes for the Padres. And also, it's a free agent upcoming. So I think he might produce. I know that the whole free agent contract year thing is doesn't always pay dividends. I know, Colby. I know you're the stat guy, and you like bringing this stuff up. But nonetheless, I like bringing it up anyway, uh, even if it's just to troll you and whatnot. Um, but Colby, do you have any last thoughts on the Padres and any last thoughts you want to share here today? No, no, no last thoughts. Um, <laughs> I think that that whatever happens for the Padres in 2022, it's going to be a wild ride. And I don't think that it's going to be a consistent year. I think like they could get off to a very hot start and everybody's mm-hmm. like, see, we don't need Tatis. We don't need Tatis. Or they get off to a very <laughs> slow start and everybody is, you know, raising terror. Like, Javi, I think you're going to be in for a very, very interesting season with Padres fans, and you might have to calm them down or hype them up, depending. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be a roller coaster for sure, man. Um, but yeah, everybody go check out Colby on Twitter uh, and also check out the podcast. He's got some pink shirt on right now um, that looks great. I don't know what exactly it says. Miller. <laughs> that's, that's all it says, but it looks great. Uh, I'm still in my library, so go subscribe on YouTube, Locked On Padres. Follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And of course, go check out Just Baseball. New Top 100 Prospects will be dropping soon. I'm writing some stuff currently when I have time that may or may not have totally to do with what arm uh, the co-founder of just baseball wants me to be writing about, but I'm still doing it anyway. Uh, and all sorts of good stuff. Go check out not gambling advice. Colby. It has been a blast, but that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Like I said, find the show wherever you get your podcast from lockdown Padres on YouTube. And until next time, stay safe. And of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies. Take care.